Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of Once in a Lifetime. (laughs) Some sort of monumental occasion, I guess. (laughs) Um, This is the podcast where we talk about, oh, Lordy, some Lifetime movies. My God. I'm I'm Bridget. I'm Anne. And before we get into this week's movie... Anne and I, after 35 episodes, finally figured out how to stop going. No, you go. No, you no, you go. No, no, you go. It only took us 35 episodes. Just shy of a year. Um, So from now on, whoever's movie it is, will be just doing the plot piece so that we're not talking over each other. and politely said no no please I insist (laughs) you speak (laughs) no you okay so this week we watched mind over murder (laughs) before we get into the plot can I just tell you do you know any juicy goose about this movie (laughs) no is it based on a (laughs) true No, but this is the movie where Tori Spelling met her husband. I knew that was her husband because I and not by his name because I messed up and I thought it said Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> I'm deep. so sorry. What a disappointment that was. <laughs> Boy, it really was. <laughs> yeah, I know so his I- face because I used to read shitty websites about celebrities so i know his their whole his, deal his face and her face and <laughs> we'll get into the looks in this movie but um they <laughs> thank god they were both married when they started filming this movie mm-hmm. and according to wikipedia they started cheating on their spouses the day they met whoa <laughs> yeah like they were just like well wow we're just diving right in there, huh? Yeah, the and that day was they met. The day they met. Wow. That I mean, hey, I okay. <laughs> and it worked out all right for a while. They've been married for a long time, but they are, I believe, in the process of getting a divorce right now. Oh, are they? yeah, I felt like there's been some some shit with them. Don't they have like eight thousand children? I believe they have at least six. That is so many. That's so many kids. And like, she's also written six books. A book per kid. Great. A book per kid. Wait, I have the titles. Can I read them to you? Oh my God. <laughs> I gotta find them. Okay. Storytelling, S T O R I. Mommy Wood. Unchartered Territory, T O R I. Wow. And now this one, I can't begin to guess what it's about. Presenting Tallulah. So is that one just about her? Does she have a daughter named Tallulah? Maybe. Maybe it's like about her pregnancy. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. Um, celebratory. Oh, my God. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. I said that wrong. Celebratory. <laughs> celebratory. I can't say it. Celebratory. There we go. And spelling it like it is. I am going to jump out my window, right? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. It's been great. (laughs) I mean, six books. 
They're probably all really good too. I bet you they're really great. Nope. Nobody wrote them for her and they're all really funny and down to earth and like super you just want to like be friends with Tori Spelling now I do have to say I do feel sorry for Tori Spelling she oh yeah so much like Britney Spears in that like she never felt loved or accepted Mm -hmm. and it's very evident in every single thing that she does yeah plus the fact that she only got like $50,000 $50,000 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Wikipedia said 800000 but her oh, dad yeah, was like a yeah, yeah, billionaire. Yeah. It, yeah, it was more than fifty. Yeah, it, but it less than a million dollars from your billionaire father. Yeah, quite the slap in the face. Ouch. Ouch. And then her crazy mom in that giant insane house that has, has three like gift wrapping rooms, doll rooms everywhere. She trying to be haunted. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Please haunt me. <laughs> okay, so this movie is called Mind Over Murder. It's from 2005, and you know that because Tori Spelling only wears combinations of green and pink. <laughs> Michelle Visage would. <laughs> rip the wardrobe department's heads off if she was involved in this movie in any way especially because everyone else because this like revolves around courtrooms and stuff everyone else is wearing like gray suits and then she she rocks up in like a hot pink cardigan and a lime green tank top and like (laughs) really casual pants to like serious court cases that's so strange and everyone's just like, okay, great. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it, it was, was lime green everywhere. Lime green everywhere, different shades of pink. It was not, it was not professional looking. She looked like she was going to work at hot, not hot topic. What's the other place? Abercrombie and Fitch. Those yeah. aren't anything alike. I don't yeah. know why I just confused them. Because they're mall stores. That's why. I guess so. I have to say too, before you dive in here, I mm-hmm. I had to stop this in the first opening scene to laugh hard and pop, like <laughs> so I didn't miss anything. And I had to do that multiple times through this movie. It's I, too much. Was it supposed to be a comedy? Like, I don't understand what this film is trying to be. I think every time they were trying to be funny, it fell flat on its face. And then every time they were trying to be sincere, it was hilarious. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's fucking <laughs> So <sighs> the plot description I thought was really funny because this is what it says a top prosecutor in the new york district district attorney's office awakes from an accident to discover she can now hear others thoughts she uses her new ability and becomes the target of a hitman and i thought that was funny because they don't say she uses her new ability to solve a crime because she doesn't really do that right (laughs) my gosh (laughs) so we open on like cars driving down the road, intercut with these teens making out against a van. <laughs> like you Total do. douche bro. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And then a shoe falls out of the back of the van and the girl's like, oh my God, we got to get out of here. <laughs> like nothing has happened. <laughs> She's so scared. Yeah. yeah. But then he opens the van and there is a body inside. Mm-mm-mm. And then the girlfriend screams. Yes. And that's when I had to stop it and laugh because <laughs> it was so like cheesy and dramatic. Yes. Oh God, it was so funny. <laughs> so then like a hard cut to Tori Spelling walking out her front door on her way to work. Well, we don't know she's on her way to work because of the way she's dressed, but <laughs> someone is stealing her car just like right in front of her face in mm-hmm. broad daylight. And she's like, wait. And the guy's like, <laughs> so he, drives he blows her a kiss. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it's so brazen to like, look. I'm stealing your car and I'm going to blow you. <laughs> the audacity. That would guy. make me more upset than him stealing my car. Like, just take my car. Just steal my car. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Don't, don't make it a funny game for you. <laughs> <laughs> don't brag about how easy it was. Yeah. Um. So cut to courtroom um her fellow attorney is like trying to stall basically until she gets to court because they're waiting to hear a verdict and the judge is so rude (laughs) yeah he's like she's not here in two minutes i'm holding her in contempt i'm holding you in contempt i'm gonna put myself in contempt (laughs) i'm holding this whole goddamn courtroom in contempt (laughs) So she rushes in and she's like, I've just had such a morning. You wouldn't believe it. Somebody stole my car and I had to take the bus. And he's like, I do not care. I take the bus every day. (laughs) (laughs) The idea of a judge taking a bus is very funny. (laughs) So it's time to read the verdict. And they keep cutting to the defense attorney who's like giggling to himself the whole time this is happening. Like a cocky son of a bitch. Yeah. It's a murder trial. We don't know anything about it, but the guy is found not guilty. So Holly, oh, right. Her name is Holly Winters. Um, The names (laughs) in this. Do you think her sister's name is Ivy Winters? (laughs) Holly and Ivy? (laughs) I hope so. I didn't even think about that. That's (laughs) incredible. But there are other names we'll come across. Two in particular really (laughs) made me laugh. I know exactly the one you're talking about. Is it Mrs. Menzies? (laughs) (laughs) Why would that be her name? (laughs) And I, I didn't write down the other one. But I, after I heard Mrs. Menzies, I was like, I should have written down that other one because obviously that was like <laughs> meant to sound stupid now that I know um, there's a Mrs. Menzies. <laughs> the other one I have written down is Mr. Hasty. Was that also yours? <laughs> That's her boss too. The district attorney of New York's name is Mr. Hasty. <laughs> I don't understand who came up with these names. Oh my god. It's like the writer asked their like 10-year-old daughter. <laughs> they were like playing mad lips. <laughs> Give me an adjective. 
<laughs> Give me a, a word oh, describing a woman. Yeah, I'm like crying right now. <laughs> this is Menzies. Like, <laughs> nobody was uh, like, we maybe we shouldn't have our name be Menzies. Nobody's nobody's last name is Menzies. Oh, there just my God. isn't. <laughs> but they spelled it like M E N Z I. Which is even more funny. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not that Menzies. <laughs> it's a different. It's See, a different it's both. Kind of there's a Z. <laughs> I am sorry. That was, oh God, I was <laughs> waiting. <laughs> Those names just killed me. Oh God. Okay. So after the verdict comes out, she barely like reacts to it, uh-huh. but the defense attorney says good job and like winks at her in what I thought was a super condescending way. Yeah. Um, there's press like all over the defendant and some other guy comes up to her in the hall and he's like well if you get fired you can always go work for the public defender's office and andrew said so she can switch sides and take a thirty thousand dollar pay cut um and she starts like complaining about the defense attorney yeah who they then run into he's super condescending and gross mug asshole he's disgusting disgusting he's what was he in hold on i've oh i don't know i'm looking him up right now because i know his face from something um it's not nightmares after my bloody valentine scene. land of the dead skinwalker oh, valentine i've seen that okay well all right sorry that's okay um right before he walks away he gets super close to her says there's a press conference in 15 minutes steps even closer and goes care to come (laughs) and i was like i don't like this (laughs) (laughs) so then the other lawyer who's from the public defender's office asks her out and she declines that guy and i wrote he's got to be 20 years older than her he's not i looked it up he's only 10 years older than her i know but he looked like like your dad co-worker kind of yes. you know what I mean like it was weird what and then throughout the whole movie they're like trying to get them to hook up to I, I don't know maybe just showing that he had this like super big crush on her or something but it was just like weird the casting for that was so I mean the casting for the other guy was strange too because here's what happens you guys Well, first she goes back to her office to see her boss. He goes, close the door from the inside. As though in the past, he's gone, close the door. And she walked out of the office and closed the the door. From the (laughs) outside. It was like, that's what you told me to do. Oh, gosh. So he's like, well, what happened with this case? And then she just tells him all the details of the case. So he never cared about it until that moment. Um, She doesn't seem to care at all that she lost. Mm -mm. It's like like, a murder trial. And she's, and it sounds like they had a very strong case against him. 
like there was a lot of money involved and stuff and she's just like well the day i can read a jury's mind i, I guess i'll have your job i guess maybe what? she was just preoccupied with all of the lime green stuff that she has to buy <laughs> She didn't have time to work on a good case, I guess. Well, and get her spray tan. That spray tan. Oof, my goof. Yeah. Okay. So she's talking to her boss at her important job. And she goes, oh my God, it's five o'clock. I have to go. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, I have to take care of some last minute briefs. And then we cut to her fucking that disgusting defense attorney. And boy, oh boy, this sex scene was laughable. Like I was cracking up the whole time. I was like, it is was, this supposed to be sexy right now? I, it was, I didn't understand what the tone was because first of all, it felt obvious to me that they filmed their parts at different times. <laughs> yeah. Like she was laying on her back with a camera on top of her where she's like, ooh, yeah, ooh. Don't and then. <laughs> Oh, it's so gross. I, I thought it was like a weird dream or something, but it wasn't. No, it was it was real. It was real and it was awkward. It was real and it was real upsetting. Yeah. And they keep making like these little legal puns when they're talking to each other. Yeah, I that's do that. don't you don't come on, Andrew talks sexy to you and legalese right i have a bone to pick with you counselor <laughs> doesn't he say that at one point so gross. oh probably i didn't write it down because it grossed me out so then we find out that he's meeting his wife in the lobby in 10 minutes yeah. jesus christ yeah and, and- She's like, but you're going to leave your wife, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as the trial's over. And she's like, yeah, okay. So that just, we just did the end of it. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And she's also super pissy through this whole movie that he is married. <laughs> I know. It's so strange because we don't really like understand who she is. Like she doesn't have a personality in this movie. And so she's being, I wrote, she's being equal parts commendable and unreasonable. Like she's kind of like setting her boundaries. Like you told me you were going to leave your wife and I'm going to hold you to that. But she's also like, who cares? Just tell her. What is it like a discussion you have to have with her? Yes. Yes, it is. It is many discussions actually like yeah it was just so weird how she was so pissy about being the other woman it's like he's married (laughs) you you know that you know that I also feel like we can't stress enough how much older and unattractive this guy was yeah yeah just like what do you look we all love who we love looks don't always matter but when he's married and he's not like a hubba not hubba like ding a ding. super stud and also kind of an asshole a complete <laughs> asshole he has no respect for her no. no 
So he leaves the room to go meet his wife and she just rolls over on the bed and says to the ceiling, someday my prince will come. <laughs> what? She goes home. She has a voicemail from her parents who are on vacation in Europe. And they're like, we're just really worried that you're being a lonely loser and you're not going out with your friends. You, your friends hate you. <laughs> you have no life. You really should have come with us because you're a fucking hermit and all you do is work and nobody likes you. And she genuinely has no life outside of her job. Her only friend is the other lawyer at the office. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Mm-mm. So she is- goes to like, oh, go ahead. Isn't that weird when people like don't have like friends outside of like work or like uh, stuff? Like it's just weird to me. It uh, yeah, it makes me worried for them because yeah, what if you get fired or the company closes. Right, right. I know. I mean, I never see friends in person, but I'm always texting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Okay, good. Of course it does. And like, we exist. <laughs> I'm not just like, you know what I mean? One. Like, just because we're not, doesn't mean that we aren't here, Bridget. <laughs> Thank you for that. Reminder. Um, so she goes to like a convenience store, I guess, to get a treat. I don't know why she's there. And she's watching um, the guy she was just boning on the news next yeah. to a senator or a guy who's running for senator running is for senator. senator he okay is, is he running, running for re-election i don't know they did mention something about like the incumbent senator but i don't know if it was oh. him <laughs> or another guy that like yeah, because they call him senator the whole movie and then it just occurred to me that the first time we see him he's giving like a campaign speech yeah so now i'm really confused mm-hmm. Yep, I think they maybe just brushed past the election part of it uh, halfway through the movie and we're like, oh, th- we don't need to worry about this anymore. The guy she's in the store with goes, woof, is that his wife? I bet he's screwing some bimbo on the side. Rude. Yeah. And she's offended at being called a bimbo. Buzz, your girlfriend. <laughs> woof. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then this scene i'm honestly not fully sure what we see here she walks outside and a woman who is clearly not tori selling gets hit by a car like we see that woman's face yeah the screen fades to white fades back in on some toes then we see the whole thing again yeah but like a little bit back further in the convenience store yeah like so then she gets hit by the car again and then it goes back again to like when she's first in the, st- like it it's, was. So I didn't understand weird. what they were trying to show us. Yeah. Yeah. It was so strange. I wrote, <laughs> I was like, what is, what the fuck is happening with this car? <laughs> so what is this weird flashback shit? I don't get it. She wakes up in the hospital. There's a blue filter over everything. Everything's like blue for some reason. The first mind she reads is a doctor. She's walking down the hall of the hospital and the doctor walks by and thinks, I hate sick people. (laughs) That was so funny. You're in the wrong profession, man. I don't know what to tell you. You are employed as a doctor at a hospital. That's your 
that's your job is that's being literally your job. so first a thing that really bothered me is she's walking around barefoot in a hospital oh so rough they give you socks there they and give then they you, let you take them home so many socks <laughs> they will you could probably ask for 10 pairs and they'd be like you know what you've been a nice patient here's a bunch of socks to take home she walks toward a nurse who doesn't look up and see her or hear her and the way she hears people's thoughts in this movie bothers me I understand that like that's how we need to process language but that's not how we have thoughts in our head in like full sentences right the nurse is like okay I've got Mr. Magoo's eye drops I got <laughs> like whatever she's like listing to herself everybody's medication and she's like now who am I missing hmm. then a doctor walks up and he's like well we're having quite a quiet night here and she's like except for the roll in the hay you had with nurse ratchet or whatever i don't remember anybody's names <laughs> i mean yours are probably pretty close to what they actually were <laughs> um and then she seems to faint but then we cut to her in her hospital bed with the doctor there the doctor that was there the night before and he doesn't mention her fainting in the hallway so was that a dream yeah because she tells him about it okay yeah and that's why it was all blue okay so she did have a dream that she can read people's thoughts but then it happens as she's talking to the doctor right (laughs) she's like tells the doctor i had the strangest dream last night and he's like what was it about and she's like i'm not sure and then she tells him the whole dream I don't remember. Actually, here's a very vividly detailed description. (laughs) Oh, he also says she hit her head and narrowly missed getting hit by a car. Even though we saw her get hit by a car like five times. Three. Yeah. Thrice. (laughs) (laughs) We saw her get fully hit by the car. Yes. Yeah. And they no injuries. Yeah. They said that she didn't get hit by the car, but she fell and hit her head. What? What? And then the doctor gives her food and says, that banana's got your name all over it. And it wasn't even a good looking banana. No, it was on its way out. Yeah, I'd be offended. Well, that's after she hears him think, man, she's got a great body. Well, he's examining her. Don't be a doctor. I guess I missed that. That's disgusting. I mean, I knew she read his mind. But I did guess I wasn't paying attention to what he thought. That's fucking gross. Super gross. <sighs> her work friend picks her up, takes her home. They're both wearing the lowest waisted pants <laughs> that have ever existed. Wait, when was this made? 2005. Okay, I guess that tracks. Yeah. That tracks. All these looks were oof. So as they're walking into her house, their mouths are not moving, but they are having a conversation about these flowers that showed up on the porch and who they could be from. So I guess that was just ADR because we all needed to know about the flowers. Yeah. She says there's soup in the kitchen and don't let it get cold. 
you can never reheat it again. If it gets cold, you have to throw it away. It's gone. Your <laughs> soup is dead. <laughs> soup is dead. She picks up, she's looking through her mail. She picks up a magazine called Cincinnati Now. And her gross <laughs> boyfriend is on the cover. Cincinnati Now. <laughs> <laughs> So this giant bouquet, she looks at the card and it says, heard about the accident. Hope you're okay. Your greatest admirer. She calls, I guess, is that guy's name Grant? Yeah. Okay. She calls him at home. At uh, home. At home. And she's like, I know I'm not supposed to call you at home, but I just wanted to say thank you for the flowers. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Then you hear his wife in the background, like, who are you talking to? Get off the phone. Dinner's it's dinner ready. time. Oy, oy, oy. Well, it's like, lady, you have like a high power attorney husband. He's going to sometimes be on the phone at dinner time. What yes. are you doing? Unreasonable. Yeah, very unreasonable. So I guess that meant we were supposed to like not care that they were having an affair because his wife is such a nah. I, I don't know. So he just hangs up on her. Doesn't even like say anything. Just mm-hmm. hangs up the phone. Um, she goes to work the next day. Her boss, Julian, aka Mr. Hasty, is like, Oh, how was your vacation? She was hit by a car. Was, uh in the hospital, sir. So she walks into her office. There are like new files everywhere. And we get like the idea that even though he's the district attorney of New York City. Wait, then why was he on the cover of Cincinnati? Yeah, I thought, wait, is this supposed to be in New York? I thought it well, was. Well, that's the- what the description said. That oh. she was the ADA in New York City. Well, that's not true. I think they didn't watch the movie before they wrote this I don't think so either but anyway he like doesn't actually ever do cases anymore he just lets her do all the work Mm -hmm. so we find out she's prosecuting the case of the guy who stole her car that doesn't seem to make sense conflict of interest you can't do that you can't do that (laughs) (laughs) what So they're in court. She's getting so like distracted and freaked out because she's hearing all these thoughts and she like collapses into her chair and she's like, I need air and runs out. And then the guy who stole her car, whose name is Hector Cologne, but the closed captioning spelled it like colon. <laughs> it really upset me. He's held without bail. Um, and she like busts out of the courtroom. Then she goes for a run so we can see her hot bod. And a man in a suit approaches her. And it's <laughs> Max Luckett. <laughs> He's Lieutenant Max. Oh, I'm so sorry. Luckett. <laughs> <laughs> He's lead detective on the Cologne case. And then this is a weird thing in this movie. I don't know if it was just like my TV or if Lifetime bleeped out the word scumbag. Scumbag. Did you think that they bleeped that out? Yeah. So weird. Yes, I know. It I was strange. That. No, I don't either. I didn't either. But yeah, 
I was like, why did they cut? <laughs> so, <laughs> weird. so Max tells her that um, when they arrested Cologne for stealing her car, he had these credit cards on him and they belonged to the woman from the van at the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And her name is Catherine Davis. So they go to talk to Cologne and coincidentally the guy who asked holly out earlier is the defense attorney it's like these people need a break from each other yeah they are always time. by each other so she can hear him thinking um that he did know her even though he says he didn't and then he's like thinking to himself well i didn't put her in the van and tori spelling says van and then everybody goes van and, like looks at each other it's like <laughs> weird um so he says look i just found her wallet like i don't know who she is i just picked it up whatever and i don't remember what max says but he says something sarcastic and cologne's like did you read my mind and holly flails her arms around and knocks over max's coffee for some reason and then she tries to dab it up but it's all over his cross. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah. That was probably some ad lib prop work. I want to touch my husband's dick. <laughs> Soon to be husband. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so cut to someone having leaked info to the paper about the case, and Mr. Hasty is furious. Uh, Holly's at the bar having some wine. And she hears the guy who asked her out think to himself, I wonder if she leaked the info. And she says, I didn't. I didn't leak it. And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I could tell by the look on your face what you were thinking. And he's like, all right, do it again. And then they get like really close to each other. And he's thinking, she's so beautiful. I want to take her away for the weekend. And she's like, ah, you're thinking about, ah, you really want to beat me in the cologne case. Oh, she also found out too, by this point that the flowers were from him. Oh, that's right. She read his, read his, like, maybe I should bring up the flowers. Right, right, right. (laughs) I forgot about that. So when her coworker comes in, she's like, oh my God, you and Murphy. Whoa. Because they were talking to each other. Because they were talking to each other. And she's like, I saw the way you were looking at each other. What? <laughs> if they're friends, wouldn't she like know who her friend would be like interested in dating? In it? Or at like, least and- an idea of like who she's attracted to. She's not going to say I'm sleeping with this defense attorney because then that's a breach of ethics because she absolutely should not be doing that. But yeah, she would be like, Mm, you're not into your dad's friends okay (laughs) (laughs) so as she's like at this table max calls her and he has to ask her three times what she's doing right now because she can't seem to answer i was like is she supposed to be flustered now right now this this moment (laughs) didn't understand what her deal was and then like, he was says, that what they were going for? Maybe. Okay. But then he goes, can you meet me in five minutes? And she goes, 
yeah, no problem. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck he is. You're making promises. You don't know if you can deliver on Tori Spelling. Like, what? find out where he is first before you're like, yep. I thought he listed some cross streets, but. Yeah, after she said, yeah. Oh, okay. And he was like, great, <laughs> I'm here. You're totally right. He could have been across town. Um, so she gets to wherever he is and within the five minutes because he doesn't yell at her. Um, and he's like, things just don't add up. But, but my note is I couldn't process all the stuff he said about the crime after he said, quote, about the murder victim. It's a shame. She was a beautiful girl. She was a beautiful girl. And it's too and bad. That's she's, why we mourn her. That's why we're sad she's gone, because the only thing she brought to this world was her exterior beauty. The only value she had. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Do you remember anything he tells her that nope. doesn't add up? Okay. He just says that he has a list of some other oh, yeah. suspects. The regular, what did he use? He's like wackos, crackpots, oh, yeah. <laughs> like dingbats or something. And she just like holds out her hand. It's like, okay, I'll take that list. I'll take it. What? So they, he wants, she wants to go with him to go like interview these other right. people. So he takes her home and he's just like waiting to make sure she gets into her house safely. Like decent people do when they drop you off at your house. She yeah, turns the middle around of and the she's night. like, what, what are you doing? Then he has to say, I'm waiting for you to get inside, hurry up and get the. <laughs> <laughs> and even after she goes in, he lingers in his car outside for a while. And he's just like smiling to himself. For a little bit too long. She's like, I'm going to go put on some lime green jammies and just really <laughs> process what's happened to me. <laughs> so we cut to Hector Cologne in his jail cell that somehow has gotten the, the newspaper and he's mad that he's in it. <laughs> and then someone comes in and he's like, who are you? And the man's like, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> Sorry. He starts choking him and the next morning she comes outside max comes to pick her up she walks outside and she's like do we know who did it and so i thought he was dead yep me too. until later when they're like he was beaten to a bloody pulp and i'm like we saw him getting strangled <laughs> i know i know i don't understand so he's still alive even though He's dead, and there's really no reason for him to be alive because he's still alive, even though he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is no reason for him to be alive whatsoever. Like I mean, we thought he nice was dead the whole time, and it doesn't ever matter. Like, no. So dumb. So they don't start going to see the suspects on his list of mm. wackadoos and hoo-hahs or whatever where do they go and this is the queen of this movie i fucking <laughs> love him. they go to see a woman named madam sb who is a psychic reader uh she's just a white lady mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, she has an accent like her. She's like commune. They're having like a conversation. 
when she mind. yeah when they walk in they don't see her but tori spelling can hear her mm-hmm. saying i sense you don't believe in me welcome miss winters and then they start like circling each other yes. <laughs> having a conversation and <laughs> it goes on for so long and then max goes hello ladies you're still uh, here uh, in the room <laughs> what <laughs> I thought you said I'm I yeah, I thought you said I'm still here. Like hey, the closed captioning said years. Oh my god, that maybe they messed it up because I thought I heard him say I'm still here in the room. Like okay, I'm sure you're right. I'm a white man and I'm not getting paid attention to. I think the closed captioning was messed up on a couple of things because in a minute there was a really funny one (laughs) that made me laugh. But so Madam SB like says she saw the murder in a vision and she wants to show it to Holly. So they take her to the van the body was found in for some reason. Yeah. And she teaches Holly how to use this power. So she touches the van and then she can see things that happened. Yeah. It's like um, the dead zone. Right. Basically. Right. Uh, and you can just learn this skill from people. Mm-hmm. Apparently. It's not something that just can happen to you. You can be taught it by Mm -hmm. a lady, apparently. So that's nice to know. That's good. So Holly, like, you know, she sees she the thing and she has a realization or something. And then Max says, Holly, what is it? But the closed captioning said, Holly, what is it? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that that's right. (laughs) Holly, what is it? Hollywood, huh? Let's go, baby. <laughs> so then she goes running to Julian, Mr. Hasty, to Mr. say Hasty. she <laughs> to say she found out how the body got put in that van. But like she just saw a guy put her in the van. That's the only way she could have gotten into the That's van. That's the only way to get in a van <laughs> if you're a so body you is to have someone put you in there. She then tells him she saw the murderers and he's like, what's that now? She's like, oh yeah, let me tell you all about psychometry. And he's like, ha ha ha, you're very funny. And then when it's clear she's not joking, he's like, I'm going to need you to take some more time off. You know what? I think you came back a little too soon. (laughs) Then she gets a phone call at work and it's Grant. And he's like, baby, I gotta see you. I don't know why I gave him that creepy voice. And she's like, you have not called me since I was hit by a car. Fuck you. And she hangs up on him. She's like, it's over and hangs up and then cut to what, Anne? They're fucking each other again in a gross, disgusting scene. We need to see this twice. Mm -hmm. Two two times too many. (laughs) So as they're fucking... He's thinking things in his head and she's hearing them. And she goes, mm, say it again. And he's like, what? what? I didn't say anything. It's almost like you heard what I thought. And then you told me to say it again. And she's like, no, <laughs> like does a really bad job trying to defend herself. And then she hears him think he's never going to leave his wife. Yeah. So she throws him out of the room in his underwear and immediately gets a call from Max while Grant is pounding on the door. He's like, what's that pounding? She's like, oh, 
nothing. It's nothing. Don't worry about it. So she meets Max at the bank and they're looking at Catherine Davis's safety deposit box where there's a bunch of cash and a bunch of ugly jewelry. Yes. And they're like, well, this is odd because she was a civil servant. Now, how did she afford this stuff? Do you know what I thought was weird? Is how they just take the box because it ends back up at her boss's office and it's not in any kind of police evidence bag or anything. So apparently the rule in this town is you can just take safe deposit boxes full of cash, not have to enter it in anywhere and carry it around with you. Well, I thought it was really funny. So (laughs) when they eventually take this box to her boss and like talk to him and then when they go to leave, (laughs) Max picks it up like hastily and like looks at Mr. Hasty and he's like, not for you. Like exchange. (laughs) It was so weird. (laughs) So after they look at the safety deposit box, they go talk to Stacy Corwin, who was Catherine's roommate. And she's like, I don't know if she was seeing anyone when she died. I don't want to be talking to you. I'm not going to say anything. But Holly can see some things going on in her mind. Now she's starting to see visions. Mm -hmm. But she's just looking at her. She's not touching her. Yeah, she's just looking at her. And we see Catherine talking to the senator. Holly says nothing. When you have this power, don't you like figure out how to use the information? Yeah. Like, oh, so she was working for the governor. Do you know if she ever spoke to Senator whatever his name is? Yeah. Sinclair. And then even if she says no, you can prior like go with it because you know yes. act like you know something like, she does, or yeah, you know or you she can knows. tell she's lying or something. Like Yes. I don't know. There's a, yeah, there's definitely a way you would coax that information out of her knowing it. Like it frustrated me the most about this movie because she doesn't use it the way that she should. Yeah. I don't like it. And also, isn't that shocking that Catherine was dating the senator? I don't know why. She's like, oh my God. <laughs> like, how else the like what the fuck? She has so much money and so many jewels. Yeah. And that guy's a sleazebag, of course. Ugh, he's gross. Yeah. So at this point, I started to, I was confused because so at this point, Max just knows that she's like seeing visions and hearing thoughts and he's like, we're going to use this. Yeah. And he's fine with it. Because it stands up in court 1000%. Mm-hmm. Which we find out later. Um. So they tell Julian, like, look, she had all this money. She'd received $50,000 in jewelry. And he's like, hold on. I have to drink this Mylanta out of a rocks glass for some reason. (laughs) He wants more evidence. He, like, doesn't think this is enough. Are we talking? Are we going to bring up what he says in this scene? What does he say? Whatever happened to a butler? Like, it's completely <laughs> like when everybody leaves after he's like, I need more. I can't like you have brought me nothing. I need actual evidence. And they leave and he drinks. He drinks his medicine and says, 
whatever happened to a butler? I did what? not hear that. What? Like the butler did it? Oh, I mean, that doesn't maybe. make any sense. I was like, what would a butler do to help you right now? <laughs> they can't uh, bring you evidence. I mean, maybe uh, the butler did it, but it's a far it reach. A weird, it was a weird line in a weird place. And I was just confused by that's it. hilarious. I can't <laughs> believe I didn't hear that. Oh my God. So they go to see the senator, but his assistant Underwood. Oh no. His assistant tells the senator that they're investigating him because they found the safety deposit box. Mm-hmm. And the senator's like, find out what they know and kill it. I guess so they like, killed the case. Maybe. I mean, it's not a fucking news story that you like can get right? out of the papers. Like it's <laughs> a criminal investigation, sir. Got so it. cut to Holly at house. She's like in her kitchen making about to like put some dinner in the oven and she has a knock at the door and she freaks out <laughs> it's max she's like you scared me ever heard of a phone it's like he walked in i thought that was so weird i don't know maybe this is why her parents are worried about her a hundred percent so he's there to kind of talk to her and be like, what he says he's doing is illuminating the terrain because they're about to get into some dangerous water and he wants to make sure she's ready. And she's like, yeah, I get it. I don't care about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I have no concerns for my safety. No, none. Can I wear lime green is really all I need to ask. <laughs> and hot pink. Yes. So then she asks him to stay for dinner and he's like, I would love to, but I have to go pick up my kids. And she's like, okay, I understand. Then we see Underwood, the Senator's assistant on the phone, (laughs) yelling about how hasty needs to pick up the phone and talk to him. And Holly and Max walk in to question him. And he's like, "Ugh, I don't want to talk to underlings. And they're like, well, you're gonna. So, and also, you're one too, <laughs> right? So he answers some of their questions. Holly sees a vision of the senator yelling at Catherine and calling her a stupid bitch. And I think he says, "I wish you were dead." Yeah. And then, like, they have a whole conversation, and at the very end, Underwood says, "You guys know I'm also his attorney, right?" Then why are you talking to them? Yeah. And also, he's not the attorney later. <laughs> Yeah. It's so confusing. I guess I missed him saying that. What the fuck? Yeah, he's like, so you're violating like client privilege. You're violating client privilege. Yeah. What? That God, yeah, so strange. Movie. There's also like eight thousand meetings. Oh in, my god. In this, I was just like, there are so many meetings and going to things like I I lost track. I lost track of how it's many different too, places they were going. Too much. Julian finally agrees to have the senator brought in. He emphasizes quietly. <laughs> Cut to a limo 
being followed by a police car to the, I don't know if it was like the courthouse. I guess it was the police station. I don't know. I don't know. The jail looked like a government building. Like, yes, I was confused about that. So, I mean, and there's like 30 reporters Mm -hmm. waiting. The senator gets out of the limo. He's already in handcuffs. I was so confused about this whole thing. I was too. Because I was like, wait, because I wrote down he's going to get questioned. But then I went back and said he got arrested because it seems like he's in jail after this. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I'm so confused. I don't know. I don't know. He tells Holly that her boss has committed career suicide and he'll be lucky to run for dog catcher after this. And she's like, I advise you to let your attorney speak for you. And we hear a voice say, I have to say, I agree with that Senator and it's fucking grant. Mm-hmm. So he's the lawyer Underwood was just talking shit. Yeah. So then she's having a drink with her boss and he's like, by the way, I'm going to do this case with you. And she reads his mind because he's up for re-election. Who cares? It's they're the team that's going to prosecute this case. Yeah. Which happens like the next day they go to court. (laughs) Oh boy. Do they go to court in this movie? There's a lot. It was about 20 minutes (laughs) of at least I would say it was a long court scene. So before we can have a trial, we have to do jury selection. No, there are two main problems with this. One is that I don't think the defendant would be present for the jury selection. No. And two, this is where we meet Mrs. Mintz. She's being interviewed to be a juror. She says she has no interest in politics. She's never voted. And so first of all, I was like, okay, lady, you're the fucking worst. Yeah. And we see her like eyeing the senator and she's thinking, oh, he's so good looking. He couldn't have done this. They're like making eyes at each other and Mm -hmm. grinning. And she's like, ooh, who did his caps? What nice teeth. (laughs) Never thought to myself about anyone's caps in my life. Well, you're also not like 70 years old, Bridget. Maybe when you're an older lady, you'll be like, nice teeth on that old (laughs) That's true. The Golden Girls did teach me that that's a a cool Mm -hmm. thing when you have all your own teeth. (laughs) So the so julian's questioning her and then he goes to say your honor this uh juror is and holly busts up and goes unacceptable and he's like unacceptable why is she unacceptable and she doesn't say because she keeps making eyes at the senator they're smiling at each other she says she likes his teeth yeah you could you could just say i i see her flirting with him flirting yeah I couldn't, oof, I was so mad. Yeah. So cut to like the prosecution having a meeting and they're talking about the jurors they selected and Julian asks her what she thinks about them. She's like, oh, I don't know. But if I had to guess and then gives specific information on every single juror and everyone just 
stares at her. Mm-hmm. The next day, the trial starts. This is how everything works in our justice system. Very quickly. We find out that Grant's name is Grant Rogers. Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I wrote, I'm furious. <laughs> how dare they? How dare they? He gives his opening arguments, which basically just sounds like what Trump's lawyers would say. Like, this is a witch hunt against yeah. the senator. Is he guilty? Yeah. Of setting himself up to be a target. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, and if having an affair makes you a murderer, well, then I guess we need to lock up every man in Cincinnati or whatever. It's like, cool. So all the men there are awesome. <laughs> Yikes. So Julian is questioning the roommate, Stacey Corwin, and she talks about when Catherine met the senator and that shortly after she was transferred to like work for the senator and then he arranged for her to get a job at the governor's office because it was the perfect cover for them to be seen together at political functions. But they were using those political functions to like get hotel rooms in. (laughs) Bone zone, baby. Senator bone zone. <laughs> so Grant then cross examines the roommate and he makes her just seem like she was jealous and a liar. Yeah. Now, oh my God, there's another old woman on the jury that Holly keeps hearing her thoughts. Nobody thinks to themselves like this. She thinks when Julian is uh, questioning Stacy, this woman thinks to herself, I knew it, he did it. And then two seconds later, when Grant is cross-examining her, and she's like, I never doubted it. He didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then later she goes, so he did do it. <laughs> and then she says, oh, I give up. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. Do you think like that? Or do you hear no. a bunch of stuff and then like formulate your opinion? Like, honestly, that... The thoughts these people are having are the kind of things I say out loud when I'm like talking to myself, (laughs) but like, that's how it comes out, but that's not how I'm thinking in my head. Yeah. It's more pictures with me. I think actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm bad at pictures. Even, uh, when I read books, I have a really hard time picturing the characters. Mm. Just weird. Cause I read a lot anyway. So then Max is testifying and Holly starts like having visions in the middle of her questioning of him, but she rebounds and she's like, did you find any fingerprints on Kat's dress and jewelry? And he says, yes. And they belong to the Senator. And there's like an audible gasp (laughs) in the courtroom, (laughs) but his fingerprints were not on the van. There were no fingerprints on the van. (laughs) So then Grant tries to say, that they have been deprived of the right to question Hector Cologne, who is in a coma and not dead, as we previously thought. Right. But like the prosecution isn't depriving you of that right. He's in a coma. He's in a coma. Oy, oy, oy. I know. So then we cut to a reporter outside of the courthouse giving her a little news update and she says the defense has a giant list of witnesses and could take a month to present its case then we cut right back to grant saying they're calling their first and only witness (laughs) what (laughs) so the only witness is the senator 
And he says that Catherine was an asset to the organization, but he denies the affair. He never bought her anything. And but Holly sees like more visions of him giving her jewelry. And I thought a key. And I thought that key was going to be like what I they thought it was like a really money clip or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why the fuck would like a 20 something year old girl give a fuck about a money clip? <laughs> That's such a bad gift. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> He also says he was the last to leave the party and he didn't see Catherine before she left. But we see through Holly's visions that they like got into a fight and she Mm -hmm. slaps him. Yeah. And then runs off. So later that night at the bar, she's talking to Max. Then that Murphy guy walks up, the public defender, and says she's the best looking prosecutor in town. But he starts to like realize that she's into Max. So Max walks away. She asks Murphy's opinion on the case. He says, you gotta nail Sinclair's ass on the <laughs> <scene> tomorrow. <laughs> and then Max comes in as Murphy and Holly are getting phone calls or like mm-hmm. texts at the same time. And they've all found out at the same time that Cologne has died and he never came out of his coma. Yeah. Why did we like, why? I don't know. We're at court again the next day. Grant says, Your Honor, I have an urgent matter to discuss with the court. And they accuse Holly of prosecutorial misconduct. Yes. Because she can read minds and she yeah. used that to violate the senator's privacy. So in walks Madam Espy. <laughs> and she's like, Judge, I'll read your mind just to prove it can be done. What yeah, she but she's see? just talking in like a uh, like a long island accent yes this is like a totally different person <laughs> um so she tells the judge to to think of something and she's gonna read his mind apparently what he wants to think of <laughs> is him at like a frat party going crazy on a table drinking a shit ton of booze Getting naked. She's like, Someone's handing you a punch bowl and you drain it in one gulp. In one gulp. And he's like, All right, that's enough now. That's enough. We get the idea. <laughs> but it's like, you're the one thinking it, obviously. Why you could have thought of anything. You could have thought of like numbers. a carton of milk. Why are you being like, you know what? I'm going to think about the thing I don't want anybody bringing up ever in my courtroom. And why would that be at the forefront of his mind? That was like, he's old. It was like 40 years ago. I don't know. He's reliving his glory days. (laughs) (laughs) So as they're doing this, Grant walks up behind Holly and is like, maybe I should just bring up our last conversation in bed. And she's like, yeah, wouldn't dare. And he wouldn't dare because then he would be saying, I'm also an unethical piece of shit. Mm hmm. Julian tries to get her to deny it after she's sworn on a stack of Bibles and she won't deny it. Um, He's furious and he's like, I'm going to throw you in a cell. She goes, (laughs) oh, cell. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. So they go to the cell where Cologne was attacked she touches blood on the wall that nobody <laughs> ever cleaned, cleaned up. <laughs> Jesus 
Christ. She sees him being attacked. She sees the killer's face, but she can't place it. <laughs> okay. So Max takes her home. He's like, don't worry about it. It'll come to you. Um, she gets out of the car, starts walking to her house. He runs up behind her and grabs her hand, which I did think was kind of cute. Um, he's like, I'm walking you home. And then he kisses her. They kiss again. He's like, this is very unprofessional. Bye. (laughs) Then she's in her house. She's talking to herself about how she needs a full-time staff for some reason. I don't Um, and then it hits her that the face she saw is Underwood, the Saunders. She goes to call Max. She picks up like a cordless phone and it's dead. And then she runs downstairs, tries to get her cell phone, but she drops her purse because she hears someone outside the door. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't hear them making, she hears their thoughts like, yes, all right, here we go. Just a little closer. Just a little closer. (laughs) That's what I think to myself. When I walk to a door, I'm almost there. <laughs> the door is so close. <laughs> Five more steps. <laughs> so he just comes in because I guess mm-hmm. her door was unlocked. Mm-hmm. It's not Underwood. It's a guy with a gun. But then also Underwood comes in and he also has a gun. Yes. Then Underwood does what lame villains always do, which is like reveal everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he killed Madam Espy because she also saw that he was the killer. The worst. I was, I was upset. They killed her. I know. Let's just say the next seance she'll be attending and she'll be on the other side. Get fucked. How dare you? Don't make jokes about how you killed someone. Yeah. So then Holly sees the whole thing and how he like chased after Catherine and she like she slapped him but it also looked like a slap punch like it looked like it was pretty hard that she hit him so he just chokes her to death but tries to say it was an accident you don't accidentally choke someone to death no it because it, it takes a hot minute too in the movies they always show it being like 30 seconds you really need to like do it for minutes so like you can't accidentally like right hold somebody's neck for a long unless time. you're like lenny from of mice and men and you no, don't understand your you own strength don't get it because you're a big sweet dummy <laughs> <laughs> so as underwood is talking the other guy that's with him lays down a plastic tarp yeah. and she's like you don't have to kill me and he's like no no you're gonna have a jogging accident no but you you're about to shoot her here Right. Do you not understand forensics? Like no. people are gonna know that you killed her one place, took her somewhere else. Whatever. Well, and they're gonna say she's gonna wind up in the river too. Like that's a oh, lot. Yeah, the jogging accident. <laughs> it's to fall in the water. In the water. <laughs> so for two seconds, they get distracted, and she knocks the gun out of the bigger guy's hand and fights with him. He shoots him in the gut and he dies immediately. He just falls over dead. Mm-hmm. Underwood, did he get hit? I don't understand because he was like bloody. Yeah, I think he. Oh, yeah, I guess he did. Yeah, he had weird. to because he was bloody. Um, He's like starting to get up and come toward her. And she's like, please don't make me. Please don't make me shoot you. And he takes like half a step and she's like, I said no. <laughs> <laughs> Shoots him. And blasts him. Just as Max busts back in. 
And then they're like, all lovey-dovey. and Like uh, joking. And he's like, pretty lucky you're a terrible shot. And it's like, well, not really, because there's two shot men in the <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, also, can we just touch back real yes. quick? Um, on her facial expressions when oh my God. <laughs> he was revealing everything. God, this was so stupid. Uh, it was bad. I, like I said, I feel for her as a person. I wish she had felt loved as a child, but her acting is not good. Mm-mm. And I Mm-mm. do want to say that I've seen every season of Slasher and her husband is in, I believe, at least the first three seasons he's good he's a good actor in the first season he's like a sheriff who secretly has a girl hidden in his basement Mm. another season he's like a alcoholic racist Hmm. his acting is pretty good but anyway hers is not hers is not she goes back to work and everyone first of all this building looks exactly like the building from dead on campus because it just looks like a capitol building and there's like a balcony where everyone's standing Mm -hmm. and they're all applauding yeah (laughs) yeah now now she's wearing different colors but it's one of the worst looks i've ever seen in a film she's wearing like um a teal button-down shirt oh yeah underneath a light blue short-sleeved sweater it's yeah. bad. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. So she goes to her office with Julian like following on her heels. She starts packing up her boxes and she's like, I think it might be time for a change. And he's like, well, I was thinking about naming someone chief ADA and I wondered if you had anyone in mind. And she's like, oh, maybe I do. <laughs> Um, so another day she's like leaving the courthouse or the police department. It's every building looks the same. I think it is the same building. (laughs) She walks right past Max, doesn't notice him. And then he runs up behind her and she tells him that she can't hear thoughts anymore because she hit her head again that night and it (laughs) took the power away. Okay. (laughs) Then he, he's like, I've been thinking that now that this is all over, I could ask you out for dinner and she's like well i've been thinking that i could accept and then for no reason he's like wait a second did you know i was gonna ask you that can you still read minds and she just kind of like coyly shrugs and walks mm, away i don't know the end i guess <laughs> i guess <mark>? so <laughs> this movie so made bad. me just scream with laughter at certain <laughs> points not when i was supposed to be laughing but i mean i'll take a laugh where i can get it yeah <laughs> it was so ridiculous it was so it was... ridiculous there's another movie with this title that was made in 1979 but it looks like a, an actual horror movie Ooh, yeah maybe we should watch it maybe hmm Right. Anyway, that is that movie. And yeah. boy, oh boy, what a treat. What a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just bonkers. It was just so, so poorly acted, ridiculous, poorly written. poorly written, poor plot, poor ideas, poor everything, but 
Man, it was fun. <laughs> it was. Really it all worked together fun. in a horrible, horrible mess. R.I.P. Tori and Dean's marriage. Yeah. Yep. Uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> good night and good luck. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.